today on Unpacked. And but your bladder felt, so you feel pressed, your bladder feels full, but you can't go. And then um, I was rushed to the hospital. The next thing, then I wake up in theater, I have a plastic bag and I have, it's there, it's just fixed there. And I'm like, what on earth is this? You have this thing. If we remove it, honey, you're gonna die. Living with renal failure has its many challenges and today's guest is here to share her story. Let's unpack. Tereshwa Gadi is a 31-year-old woman who has spent most of her life in and out of hospital. Born in Limpopo, she has struggled with renal failure, a kidney condition since the age of nine. Her journey continues. This is her story. Let's unpack. Tereshwa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So explain to us what renal failure is. Uh, basically, renal failure is um, the whole disruption of your urinary tract, mm -hmm. depending from patient to patient. But then in my case, you are looking at um, deformability of your kidneys, your bladder and your ureters. So is the entire urinary tract mm -hmm. with my case. Yes. So what was childhood like for you just in terms of your health and, and medical side of life? Um, my childhood, honestly, it was a very happy childhood. That I'm not going to lie. Um, it's just unfortunately, uh, as I was growing, at the age of nine, I had my first major operation, which I, I, I do not have that... I don't have much details about it to exactly mm. what were they trying to do. But one thing that I remember from, from my parents is that they were trying to rectify um, the urine um, excretion. Mm. It will be going backwards. I'll be having a whole reflux situation. So that's where the issue um, came about. And then I was constantly complaining about stomach ache, you know, mm. stomach bark and consistently so. And going to the toilet, I don't know more than 20 times in a day mm. to just pee, mm. yes. So after that major op happened, did life get a bit better for you from what you can remember? Um, after that major op, life continued as normal. I went for, I think what I would say, it was routine checkups. Mm. Uh, but then looking back now, um, I was mostly going to um, GPs, mm. you know, so... I don't know exactly what is it that they were treating at the time, but then like I'm saying, um, stomach ache was something that I was constantly complaining about, mm. back pain. So that is something that over the years uh, until my, 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 my teenage would, it's something that I was going back and forth with the mm. doctors about, so mm. yes. So what was the next major thing that happened in terms of your, your health? The major thing that happened was um, in 2007 was in grade 11. Um, all of a Sunday when I went to the toilet, when I had to go and um, pass out urine, unfortunately, you know, I got the shock of my life. I got a very big surprise. Um, I couldn't. It was mm. just droplets of urine that were coming out. And but your bladder felt, so you feel pressed, your bladder feels full but you can't go. Honey, the pressure is there. And yes. when the pressure is building up, slowly but surely, I could also see that my, my, my stomach was, you know, getting a bit bigger. Mm. So that was raising, it was a very big alarm 
to yes. me. And then um, I was rushed to the hospital and they, they, they put me on a catheter to drain out the urine. However, from that point, um, I was taken to a doctor. Mm. Uh, however, the doctors at that time, they couldn't really tell what the issue was. They just said, I have a big mess and a mess. I mean, mm. like, what are you talking about? What, what is that? So my parents decided to, you know, look for other second opinions. That's mm. when they took me to a gynecologist who actually looked further into the situation. And what, what happened when you went to visit the gynae? When I visited the gynae, um, well, he asked me to lay down on his table and he did the scan. He saw that same thing that the previous doctors saw, this big black thing around my abdomen. He asked me to go to the toilet and pee. I did that. And I came back. He checked again. There was no sign of any improvement. I think I went to the toilet about three times. Mm. And the third time I came back, he just yelled at me to say, I told you to go pee. And I said, but I did. Mm. So he took the bucket and put it right here so that mm. he could literally see if I'm actually telling the truth, if I'm passing out urine, and I did. Mm. Now, after that experience with him, he realized that we have a big problem. Mm. You know, um, my bladder was not emptying completely. And already when he looked at my kidneys, they were swimming in, 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 in fluid, which I would assume that it was urine. Mm. So at that time, he made it clear that I need to drop everything that I was doing. I need to drop out of school mm. and mm. go and seek um, uro urological assistance because mm. then I was in big trouble. Mm. Yes. And how did you and the family take those news? I mean, I've always had this thing of saying that if I don't look sick, I'm not sick. Mm. So that was the attitude. That's how we took it. And I was um, I was quite convincing to my mother to say, like, I'm not going to drop out of school. No, mm. I have, you know, a whole life ahead of me. Why should I do that? Mm. So I just said, Ma, do I look sick? She said, no. I'm like, so why mm. do I have to drop out? Life continued. So I did not attend to my medical needs. Mm. I went on about my other life businesses until mm. life caught up with me just in the following months. Mm. It didn't even, it wasn't even three months that passed. What, what was it that started to happen? Um, what started to happen was um, the, the excretion of urine. Mm. Yeah, now it became something constant. Uh, I couldn't pass out urine. Mm. And then um, the pain, everything just became, you know, more unbearable. Mm. So I was taken to the hospital. And when I got to the hospital, it was found that already we are dealing with a case that is, it has escalated. It's something mm. that they could have prevented. But then at that point, I was in and out of hospital for the entire year until they had to actually have a plan of action, you mm. know, in place. However, I was in matric during that year. So the major operations that they wanted to, 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 to do, I literally asked them to say that, um, can we have whatever treatments that we can do, but then leave me to try to complete my, my metric year. Mm. And then the following year, we'll look into all the surgeries that you guys want to do. Mm. So I was in and out of hospital with dealing with infection. I was on um, catheters. And just so everybody understands, the, the catheter is what they insert 
um, to basically empty your bladder. And under normal circumstances, yes. uh, any patient that cannot be moving in the bed gets the catheter so they don't have to go to the toilet to pass urine. That, that is very accurate. So during that time in 2008, um, so I was mostly on the catheter, but mm. then in hospital. So sometimes I'll be discharged with mm. the catheter. And you need to remember that a catheter, it's a foreign object that you introduce to your, to your body. Yeah. So meaning that you are prone to infection. Mm. It doesn't matter how much you try to be clean, how hygienic you try to mm. be. And it's something that, you know, a body's not used to. It's a foreign object. It's also mm. uncomfortable to a certain extent. So in the year of 2008, I was on and off on the catheter until they um, implemented, uh, I can say maybe um, a permanent fix yeah. during that time, but then the permanent fix only came in place um, the following year. Immediately, January, I was already up for a surgery of my life, which I never thought I could live like that. Before, before we get to that part, mm -hmm. um, I just want to understand, in that matric year that you were having all these surgeries, what was the formal diagnosis? What was it that they were saying they're trying to solve? Um, honestly speaking, before then, it was just, um, like I said, we were dealing with abdominal pain, mm. recurrent abdominal pain, and then um, reflux of urine. So, so urine constantly coming yes. back into the body, which should be excreted. So the, all the toxins coming the back The urine in. should be going out. But then in my case, only a certain amount would go out yes. and then the rest of it would remain in the bladder and then go back to the kidneys. So mm. when the urine stays in there, it also creates um, infection and the blood is also, you can only carry, the bladder can only contain a certain amount of, of, of urine. Mm. So in my case, it was way beyond. It mm. was way beyond. So during that year, it was actually just trying to manage that, you know, mm. the, the, the excretion, making sure that, okay, we empty the bladder, you know, and then we don't have that recurrent um, situation of whereby the urine constantly refluxes mm. back to the kidneys. So that was what we're dealing with throughout the year of 2008 until mm. we had a permanent fix. Did you get an opportunity to write your matric finals and finish school at that time? Yes, I did. Mm. Under the circumstances, I, I, I fought as hard as I can. Um, I did write my matric. And even if it wasn't the best year of my life, mm. however, I did manage to, to pull through and I wrote and mm. I did pass at the end of the day. So what was this major op that you had to undergo? So the major op that I had to undergo was, um, it came with a physical change, a mm. physical change that honestly speaking, I was not aware of. Mm. It was a shock of my life. Um, I had to, when I when I woke up from theater, you know, the doctor, they, they explained a bit of mm. what I was gonna do. They just said, you're gonna have a bag of urine. Mm. You know, I mean, I'm not in the medical field. So when somebody says you're going to have a bag of urine, you try to, your mind goes, what is it going to look like? Mm. And then here I am, the next thing, then I wake up in theatre, I have a plastic bag and I have with this big thing just bombing out, mm. you know, on the outside of my abdomen. It's there, it's just fixed there. And I'm like, mm. what on earth is this? Wow. So I had to have that um, stomach bag or an allostomy bag for seven years. So, meaning I had no control over my urine, so the urine will come out 
whenever, however. Mm. And with that being a bag, it's, it's a plastic bag. So the irritation around the skin, it will leak. There were just so many issues around it, mm. the infection that you would get. So that's... So in essence, the bag would be around here. The bag literally sat here. Yes. So if I'm sitting here right now, if maybe I'm itching when I'm doing this, you yes. hear the yes. plastic um, irritation yes. sound. So it will literally sit on the outside mm. of your abdomen. So that's what I had to deal with. Um, and obviously that's because basically your system is not working and doing what it needs to do. And the temporary solutions of catheters and, and them, you having to go in and out for your bladder to be emptied was not working. Did this solution, which you described as permanent, did it solve the, the major issues you were experiencing? In terms of the excretion of urine, yes, yes it did in terms mm. of excretion, because of course I didn't have control. Yes. The urine would come out 24-7, you understand? Yes. Our 27 around the clock. However, it also had its... Um, its own issues. Its own issues. Yeah. I had a lot of recurrent infections. I was mm. in and out of hospital almost, I don't know, every second month or every third month. So they had to try to control the, in, the infection um, level in, 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 my, in my body. So that was the, the offside part of it. Mm. And as well as I think the, the psychological part of it, you know, mm. as a teenager, when you are just having a plastic bag, mm. I mean, a bag, I want to wear a bikini, I want to wear a crop top. And mm. this thing is something that people do not know about. Mm. So every single time when you literally take your top up, you have to explain yourself to people. Or mm. when it's full, mm. it will leak. Or of course, it will make that big bubble, mm. you know. Bulbs, so yes, exactly, yes. It will, you have that. So it was... Also, the psychological part of it to say, how can I best live with this thing? Mm. However, over time, um, for me, in as much as that was the um, solution that I was given, I had always had this thing behind my mind to say, look, we are evolving constantly. I mean, mm. edu education, medical, technology, you know, innovation, mm. it's always there. So I constantly asked, isn't there anything else other than this? Yeah. that I can, you know, use. Can I ask you just with regards to mm -hmm. the, the bag itself, um, could you feel when the urine was passed or you only felt because the bag was there? Um, at times I could feel because of the pressure. Yes. The pressure there, the, the, the pressure of the urine when, when, when it came out. Yes. And um, this thing, how it was designed was the fact that they, they made uh, a path a pathway which was designed to using your intestines, your large yeah. intestine. So they will cut off your large intestine or your small intestine and connect it to the bladder and drag it out your abdomen. So oh. you have something pinkish that will be pointing out. It looked like a very small penis. Wow. So when the urine came out, of course, that con con contraction, the muscle, yes. you would feel it. So in a way, yes, I, I did feel when the urine was coming out, even if it was not all the time, but I did feel. Yes. I did. And what were some of the practicalities that you had to deal with of having, you know, emptying your own bag, cleaning the, uh, the hole, or let me say the partition, where the urine would come out and those type of things? I think uh, the practicality of it mostly was um, because of the back. It's a, you paste, remove, yes. paste and remove. So you had to change it um, mm. every maybe second day because of the glue 
what do you, what we use to attach the bag on it, that mm. thing it, it has it's, it's more like a glue. Yes. So when it's when it's exposed to the heat of the urine, it mm. melts. Oh. So the skin will have that irritation, mm. and over the years the skin you know will peel. Mm. And however, you can't, I can't go on with life without having the bag. Yes. So whether I had changed it that day and I can see that my skin has peeled, I have to plug it on. Yes. And even the resources, the bags themselves, it's honestly, it was very difficult, I mean, to to have them. It's, I can't, I couldn't live without them. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a need. Mm. It's... If you don't have it, then I'm literally peeing on myself. Mm. So having to outsource those bags was very much important. I mm. had to have them and I'll change um, maybe the bags three times a week. Mm. So in a month, I'll need about 20 bags and I had mm. to make sure that I'm clean. And mm. also the smell. Remember mm. urine and if you are a chronic patient, you drink medication. Mm. So the odor is very important. You don't want the people around you to all of a sudden having, um, you know, to... The to, smell of urine, Exactly, to, yeah. to have that smell. So those are some of the things that you, you, you have to to deal with mm, constantly. Mm, mm. Or when you're traveling long distances, just like, for mm. example, if I'm going home to Limpopo, I had to um, connect um, the, 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 the longer bag and attach it to my bag so that when this one is full, oh, it decants into yes. Yes, the other one. So even the clothing, you know, so you, you, you just mm. had to find your way around it mm. to say, okay, how am I going to do this? Mm. Yeah. From a psychological point of view, right, had the doctors, you know, they said to you, this is permanent, but you say you always had this hope that technology, something would, would come about. How did you manage that on a day to day? Um, for me, in everything, I fight in my mind. Before I said, before I can actually go to the battle, if I can win the battle in here, mm. that, then I know that I should be fine. Mm. So... Even from a psychological point of view, in as much as I was told that you have this thing, if mm. we remove it, honey, you're going to die. Yeah. I lived with that thought for years. However, something inside of me had always told me, like, no, this can't be it. There mm. has to be something. So I got very much inclined around this thing. I did a lot of research. I yeah. read. I, I knocked on so many doors trying to find information to say, what is it that mm. can be done other than this? I mean, we have advanced so much within, in the medical sector. How can you leave a human being to just have a plastic bag? There's got to mm. be something. You know, I questioned, why don't we have a bladder transplant? I mean, you can have a heart transplant, yes. you know. So for me, it was those constant questions that made me question to say, I believed something can be done and this is not it. Was the issue, though, the bladder or the other little organs connecting to the bladder? Because, you, you know, you're mentioning bladder transplants and I was thinking the same thing, um, that how come you can't be put on a transplant list? But the question is, was it the bladder? In my case, it's, it's the bladder, the kidneys mm. and the ureters. Hence, you know, initially when you started talking, I said my entire urinary tract. Yes. So it was a mess, you know, mm. so... Uh, being born with abnormal kidneys and mm. a bladder on its own. 
So for me, it was just not one part of the urinary tract. It was the whole part of the urinary yes. tract. So if we are fixing the bladder, then we still have the other parts that we need to take care mm. of. So in as much as the bladder transplant issues, I never got to you know have the answer to it. But I was able to know that, okay, we have a new bladder. Yes. And with the research, the questioning that I, I did in the past years, even now, today I don't have that back because of that whole thing. I, I believed that this can be it. Mm. There gotta be something else for me. So out what there. what changed that that the bag um got removed? What changed was um there was a point whereby I was doing a surgery with my previous doctor and he couldn't perform it. Yeah. And he transferred me to Donald Gardens Hospital. Yeah. So when I was there, I met, I don't know if it was a nurse or a doctor, I really can't remember. Then they asked me, why do you have this thing? Mm. And then I explained. And she said, don't you know about a neobladder? Mm. And that was it. And what, what was a neobladder? A neobladder is literally creating a bladder out of your... Um, what is it, out of your intestines. Mm. So even if you, you're not going to have the same contraction um, as your normal bladder, but it gives you a different life compared mm. to that one. And then in my case, luckily enough, um, as life progressed in 2015, I met a new set of doctors in mm. Pretoria, the Urology Hospital of Pretoria. When I met them, when they checked my situation, I didn't even need a new bladder. Mm. They did a bladder augmentation. Mm. So they augmented my bladder. They re reversed that operation that I thought that if they remove this thing, it's death for me. Yes. And then they had to do a whole re-implantation of new ureters. Mm. So that whole situation, they said, is going to be a 10-hour operation. So it was like redesigning my urinary tract. And mind you, we are still looking at the bladder part. We haven't touched the kidneys. Yes. That is also a story on its own. Yes. So yeah. for me, that's what had progressed to this day. So and what's great then is that from a practical point of view, you no longer had to deal with, with the bag. I, I don't have yeah. to. I don't deal with the bag. Now I am constantly, I've been on catheter. I do self-cath. They taught me how to use a catheter yes. since 2015 up until now. So does it mean that the fixes that they've done up until this point have not 100% solved the, the excretion part? In terms of the excretion, it has. Mm. But then now, the kidneys were already damaged yes. during that time. From all the reflux of From the From the reflux and yeah. the fact that the kidneys were never really, you know, normal. Yeah. So that damage on its own, it escalated over time. So I had already removed my one kidney. Mm. So I'm left with one, which mm. is now we are in a progress of going into dialysis, uh, mm. maybe in a couple of months. It's, it's a whole um, routine, whatever, medical story. So however, in terms of the excretion of the urine, mm. that has been fixed. But then, like I said, when you are dealing with uh, a catheter, you are introducing a foreign object into your body. Mm. So every time when you do a self-cath, you are introducing a certain level mm. of infection, slowly but surely. So we mm. also try to maintain a balance, you know, within my my body to, to make sure that, okay, fine, 
you know, that the infection does not mm. go out of spec because then it can lead to death. Help us understand, um, I mean, I've had a catheter before. Mm -hmm. my, my circumstances are nowhere near yours. Mm -hmm. But each time that I was given a catheter, I never felt it because I was either under anesthetic, uh, anesthetic mm -hmm. or having had an epidural. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand the practicalities or maybe discomfort because once it's in, it's like you don't feel it anymore. What are those practicalities? Just so we have an understanding of how difficult it is. It's not just some pipe that goes in and then it's done. Um, in, in, in that case, normally this is, in, in your case, maybe it's done when you had a surgery yes. or you had given birth. Yes. So that's because you can't, you can't, you, 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 you cannot mobilize as yet. Yes. So they put it in while you are still under anesthetic. Yes. And yes, you can't feel it, you know. Yes. However, in my case, it's my day-to-day -day, um, life in mm. terms of, if I don't have a catheter with me right now, I can't pee. So mm. it's... So when, I think this is the part that's confusing me, is that okay. you say the bladder issue was sorted, right? Mm -hmm. So does that mean the part was that was sorted is... The part of the urine going back up yes. was sorted, but the excretion part is not sorted. Hence, you need the catheter to help. You. Okay, I got you. That got is you. that is very much accurate. Remember, as I said, that the bladder can it's only allowed to uh, maintain a certain amount of urine. Yes. So, in my case, even now on my own, I I can't pee on my mm. own. So, I still need assistance. So, the thing that changed is the mode of um, assistance that I use. I moved I from the you. back and then now I'm on the catheter, of which for me, I feel like it's much more better than what I had before. Yes. Even if the catheter also has its own disadvantages, but it did not bring any physical changes, to, you know, it, mm. it doesn't bring me any eyes, you know. I'm the I'm one person who knows what's happening. When I go yeah. to the toilet, I go on about my business and yeah. that's it. And in the case of a self-cath, mm. you only use it each and every time you need to go to the toilet. So it's just there to facilitate you... Uh, passing the urine, but it's not going into a bag or anything like that. No, 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 I no, 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 no. Self-care, um, I, 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 I do self-care probably four to eight times a day, depending with the amount of fluids that I would have consumed. Mm. So every time I feel like, oh, because even the pressure, you know, yes. that pressure is like, oh, it's time. I just go to the loo, I just put in the catheter, mm. and then once it's done, then I just rinse it mm. and throw it away then I'm done until the next, mm. you know, release mm. that I, I need to have. So that's what's happening. Do you find yourself limiting your liquid intake because you want to not go to the toilet as much? Um, at this point, in terms of um, limitation of liquid intake, it's not necessarily based on the catheter now. It's based on the renal function. Yes. Because now, like I said, that I have one kidney that is left. Mm. And then now we're talking dialysis. So if you are a renal failure patient, you are ought to be limited to a certain amount of fluids that you need mm. to take. Because remember, your kidneys are no longer functioning, mm. you know, as well as they're supposed to be. So the less you drink, the better for the kidney. You do mm. not overwork it. So in my case is those limitations, but not necessarily on the catheter base, the fact that mm. I have to be, no, I don't have a, I'm used to it by now. I mean, it's been years. I'm comfortable with it. I'm fine mm. with it. So in terms of the liquid limitations, it's now solely based on my renal function because mm. I'm on stage four, stage five. 
Mm. So, and which is stage five is the last stage of renal failure whereby it's, it's dialysis or it's transplant or, mm. yes. So that's what's going on. When people speak of stages like stage four and five, they would usually think cancer. So what does that mean in terms of your journey? Um, in terms of my journey, um, stage, stage four, um, you have... Okay, stage five is the last stage. It's the end mm. stage of kidney renal failure. Mm. So at this stage, um, it's whereby you, we are talking dialysis or we're talking transplant. And if the two doesn't work, then we are talking, um, you know, your, your death. Mm. And then in terms of stage four, stage four, it's, you know, a, a baby to, to stage five. Mm. So the stages, they are actually distinguished by the your filtration rate yes. um, of how much the kidney um, can actually, you know, filter out. Mm. So with stage four, uh, I'm not sure of the, of the values exactly. Mm. So however, in terms of stage four, that's where we're, that's whereby the doctors, we, we start preparing you or they start preparing um, you, yes, for dialysis, the conversations are now coming in because now at stage five, now your body will be at a point whereby your organs, or they are literally... Failing, basically. Not even failing, they have failed and then they need a boost. So if it's not dialysis, like I'm saying, it's a transplant. So at stage four, that's where the conversations are at and they are very quite serious and severe. Mm. Yes. So... Are you feeling afraid at the moment with regards to the rate at which you are escalating in stages? Um, honestly, it's it's been a long journey. It's mm. been my entire life journey. And um, I've been afraid of dialysis all my life. I've mm. known that it's going to come to this point. And then um, knowing very well that this is where we are now, Mm. It's, it's it's something that psychologically I am you know trying to to fight and of course you know with the with the right um, team with the right doctors mm. with the right support system they they help you they assist you because in my case um, my doctors they did realize long time ago that I have a very serious problem with dialysis mm. so the preparation in, in, what, in what sense for me it felt like it's just. That's it, mm. you know. Does it feel like dialysis represents the end for you? It is. It, mm. it is in, in, in my case because, like I said, renal failure, it's different from patient to patient and I've gone through a whole lot of operations and I know how many more still needs to be done. Mm. So if I have reached this point and my mental state is at the point whereby I, I can't, mm. dialysis is like... You are literally putting a mark to say, you know what, honey, this is it. Mm. This is this is the end. You have fought the battle and you have fought as hard as you can. In as much as you know, other people could tell, no, it's not as bad as it is. However, mm. for me, I just have a different scope of it. However, mm. I am I'm, I'm trying to deal with it as as mm. best as possible. Mm. Yes. Has it reached a point yet where? you already are on a transplant list? Um, in terms of transplant, no, I'm not on transplant list. I have um, siblings who are a match mm. in terms of um, the blood group and they are willing to to donate. Mm. But in my case, it's, it's not 
a simple situation whereby we just remove um, a kidney from uh, from one person, then we put it, you know, into my body. Because remember also, your body can actually um, deflect that kidney. That's the other issue. Secondly, I've been dealing with infection, mm. which is the main problem. So before we can even try to talk about transplant or even necessarily look into transplant per se, we literally have to look at the, the mode of this infection mm. that I, 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 I constantly battle with. Is it an infection from the current kidney that I'm mm. having? Mm. Or is the infection coming from the bladder that was augmented? Mm. So that's where we are trying to figure out before we can even try to go as far as bringing in, you know, a kidney because then that will be a waste of an organ. Mm. So, Especially if your body now rejects the exactly. kidney. Exactly. Yes. So if yes. my body rejects the kidney. So we have to, for me, we have to deal with the, we have to deal with the infection, mm. which is the main issue. Is it ongoing or is it, because um, it almost sounds like you're saying it's an infection that is continuously it's, happening. It's, it's ongoing. It's, it's ongoing. It's just different levels, you know. Yes. It's, it's ongoing. Yes, that's, yes. that's the situation with the infection level um, in, in, in my body. It's just we do not know if the source of it, is it literally from the bladder or is it the kidney? If it's the bladder, then they'll have to remove the bladder before we can even do the transplant. Yes. If it's the kidney, then we have to remove the current kidney and put me full-time on dialysis before we can even, you know, put in yes. the, the transplant. So it's still quite a bit of a lot of in investigative situations that I still mm -hmm. have to, you know, go through before we can even reach the, the transplant stage. Yes. yes. Where are you today physically? Um, I'm okay. Hmm. I yes, I, I'm 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 honestly okay. I'm doing much, much better. It's just certain things, like I said, you get to normalize them. I mean, you normalize pain, you normalize nausea, you normalize um, you know swollen feet every now and then, your mm. body aching. So these are some of the things that for me they are they are part of my life. So mm. I cannot want to make a big deal out of it. So mm. I mean, I've. I've dealt with it. My, mm. my, my mental scope is already absorbed and mm. I'm okay with it. So physically, um, I'm doing much, I'm actually doing much better. Mm. Yes, I'm mm. doing much better. And where are you emotionally and psychologically? <laughs> emotionally and psychologically, um, it's, a, it's a journey. It's an, it's an on and off situation. Sometimes I, I always say that um, you would feel like you are bipolar you know, mm. because sometimes you think you're okay and then tomorrow it just hits you, you know, it hits you and it hits you so hard because this thing, it it takes everything. It takes it takes so much out of you. You know, I it for me to just go to work and do normal things, it takes about three times the energy. Mm. By the time I come back, the exhaustion and people don't understand and you cannot want to continue to explain yourself to people. So emotionally for me, those are the things that hit mm. me to say, you know what, I wish I did not have to constantly be explaining the whys, why this is that, why that is that, and also the financial part of it because mm. it's money. Mm. It mm. is a whole lot of money. So, but then emotionally, um, 
psychologists are there. Hopefully, uh, by God's grace, I will make my way there mm. soon mm. and be okay. How, ha- how have you been managing the work situation? Because obviously, um, you know, something like going to the toilet is such an intimate thing. So to discuss that with your employer, to make sure that the space is safe for you to use, you are prone to infections, how did you actually deal with that? Um, this this thing, it's, it's a medical disability. Yeah. So as, as soon as I'm being employed or when I go into a new environment, from interview point level, I have to disclose. So when I'm in the workspace, like now the workspace that I'm in, they are supposed to provide me with a space that belongs to me and me only because mm. medically that's what I need mm. in order for me to avoid all other unnecessary um, getaways from work, mm. you know, for my health. So I do that. I have my own bathroom. Bona, if, if I have too much for it, I will match for it. Mm. So that's the work situation in terms of my space, looking at their, you know, hygiene in terms of um, restrooms and all of that, yes. What are the other things that um, the work, you know, work has to do to accommodate? Example, mini bathroom breaks and things like that. Um, In terms of work, I think the most important thing right now, what I have noticed so far is, um, it's just lack of information. Mm. You know, certain things are not out there and people are not aware of them. So at the end of the day, I still have to go in and, you know, I'm thrown into a pool with everyone. I have Mm. to compete with everyone. Mm. So when coming to leaves and, you know, having to be absent from work, such things. And unfortunately, as colleagues, we do not take things the same. Other Mm. people will complain. So in terms of what institutions or, you know, our workplaces can do, they can try to look at their, I don't know, adjust their their policies mm. in a way that they are a bit accommodative. Yeah. Because most of the time, if it's a sick leave, it's, if it's a month that I need to be aware of, it, it's, it's unpaid. Mm. So mm. those are some of the issues that we are trying to slowly but surely, you know, bring to their attention to say, mm. look, this is a medical disability. And mm. within that fact, I have to be accommodated to a certain level. Yes, mm-hmm. so that's... What would you like uh, the viewers to know about your particular journey with renal failure? Um, honestly speaking, what I would like the viewers to know is, first of all, just because you look good or you look okay, mm. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that you're okay. You know, um, I think in, in my case, I... I took that for granted. Mm. If it wasn't for that, I'd probably be telling a different story right now. So just because this, you look okay doesn't necessarily mean that you're okay, especially under medical, you know, professional advice if you're mm. told that. If you have any doubts, go for second opinions, seek advice. Mm. And always make sure that if they say that you are, you know, diagnosed with whatever illness, Make your research. Do mm. not only depend on the doctors because remember, the doctor is there to do their job, mm. but then you're going to live with that thing for the rest of your life. Mm. So you need to learn. Mm. You need to empower yourself with information and figure out how you will fit in within the society. And sometimes we have this thing of being quiet about things. 
Mm. It's wrong because then I'm being a prisoner of my own being while I could actually be speaking mm. about this thing and educating the society and the society will be receptive. The more they know about it, tomorrow when they see someone with a stomach bag, they're not going to be shocked. Mm. Now we're going to have more stomach clinics, you know, we're not going to have issues with um, us having the bags being issued to us, you know. Mm. So that is something that I would really, really like for our viewers to know. Mm. Like nobody's going to do the job for you. It is solely up to you. Mm. If you want to live, honey, you gotta live. Mm. I think that's that's powerful just for us to be mindful of the fact that much as you have doctors, they're gonna move on to another patient and exactly. another patient. You must take responsibility for your own uh, medical well-being and your own health and get as much information as possible. That is very true. Thank you so much for sharing um, your story with us. Thank you so much for being so open about spaces of your life that can be private, but I think it's raising such important awareness. I've learned quite a lot just sitting here, listening, you know, especially what's happening, you know, within your body and some of the challenges that you are facing. I really, really hope that it doesn't reach a point where you do need a transplant. And I hope that um, <laughs> the stage that you're at of, of, of reaching where you have to, you know, the discussion of dialysis, that it is something that will not overcome you psychologically. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. And I'll definitely fight. I want to live. I mean, Good. I've got a whole life ahead of me, so I'll definitely fight to the fullest. Good for you. And thank Good you so you. much. Hashtag unpacked with Rele What are your thoughts on today's discussion? Did you know this much about renal failure? And maybe you did because you have somebody in your life that is dealing with it. But what's interesting is how each and every case is completely different. And of course, we wish our guest for today the absolute best. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good night. Next time on Unpacked. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. You already have all these amazing awards. Why would you still feel the need to get a matric certificate? Well, it was not even about the certificate. A certificate mm. is paper. It's, it's knowledge. Knowledge gives you power. Mm. And power is not necessarily material. So it becomes a... <sighs> <sighs> oh, Sorry. It's okay. It's such a big deal. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. for watching Unpacked with Rilip Khilema Make sure you subscribe to my channel where you can get to watch more episodes. But more importantly, you can be part of our online community. Comment down below, share with us who you'd like to see on the show, what story you'd like us to discuss. We love engaging with you. Keep it coming and don't forget to subscribe.